Welcome to another episode of the podcast A Chat with Agatha. My name is Agatha Langer and I am a relationship coach. As you listen to what I have to say, you'll notice that my approach to healing or improving relationships is a little bit different than the traditional approach of, well, let's just understand another person and let's find a compromise. It's not that. What I want to tell you and explain to you and clarify to you is that the relationship issues are a little bit deeper and then they stem from totally different problems than the problems that are the symptoms. Because the symptom of your relationship might be, okay, we're arguing because um, of the way that we want to raise children, right? Or because we're arguing because we have um, a different idea of how we should be spending time together. Or we're arguing because my partner is spending too much time with his mom instead of spending time with me. That is just a symptom of a an issue or a problem that is rooted much deeper into your subconsciousness, into your programming, yes, into your upbringing, absolutely, that has a lot to do with what we bring into relationships and how our relationships are shaping and forming and what form they're taking. And so today I am going to be talking about people-pleasing and about what, how it affects relationships, where it comes from, first of all, and then how it affects our relationship with our partner. And not just our partner, because it, um, it, it kind of has that ripple effect or, of affecting our relationships, even at work. But we're going to focus on the ones that uh, are the relationship with your partner today and if you're a people pleaser, you probably know that. Usually people know that um, they kind of, they always go out of their way to, um, to do whatever it is that is being asked of them. They have trouble saying no. Uh, they always, before they make a decision, they always look what is best for others before they look at what is best for them and what they really want. A lot of times people pleaser will also not have their own opinion. So if you ask them, hey, do you want to go to this restaurant or that, that restaurant? A people pleaser would be like, well, I don't know, whatever, whatever is best for you, you choose. It's your choice, right? So you probably are, if you are one, you probably know. And most likely you're growing resentful. And that resentment is directed toward other people because it feels like they are abusing you or abusing your goodwill or your good heart. Where there's this resentment is usually coming and it, it, it's usually you're angry and resentful toward yourself because you can't say no or you don't really know how to take care of your own needs. You're kind of lost um, knowing yourself, you you have a hard time even being authentic. So these are some symptoms um, of or how it looks like to be a, 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 a people pleaser. But let's go back a little bit into the childhood and let's just look at how it really begins, where it begins from, right? Where's how it all started. So people pleasing is something that a lot of times is, it's, it's almost like a protection mechanism that children will develop and for many reasons. So one of the reasons 
would be that they feel like they are accepted and whatever it is that they're doing is approved by the adults. Why? Because if they do something nice, whether it's just in a, in a family, right, a unit, if they do something nice for that other person, the other person will be happy, right? Like mom, dad, they will be happy. They will give the child praise. They'll be like, oh my gosh, such a you're such a well-behaved boy. Look what you've done. And they getting that positive feedback that they associate with being loved, being accepted, being valued. So now it's all, it's just a matter of that being programmed time after time into their subconscious and into the mechanism in which they are behaving and by which they make decisions on how to behave. So they will be looking, so the subconscious thinking will be, what can I do to make my mom happy? Because if I make her happy, then she's going to give me all the love and attention and the great feedback. And I am going to be um, understood and accepted and just feeling loved, right? And yes, it's opposed to those times when I screw up as a child and what child hasn't one, or, one way or another, right? Because as children, we just... Like we know what we know and we need to experiment. But anytime that we do, that meets with criticisms or, or a punishment. And we don't want that. We want to avoid that. So now we're going to develop that behavior of doing anything we can uh, to get us that positive feedback. Uh, that could be also getting that feedback from school, from your teachers making sure that you're doing and behaving in a way that you know they like so that so that you can be acknowledged that you can be praised in front of others right and not only that parent teacher conference happens and again we if the parent hears that good feedback then um then they will give give it to us not many parents um and it and it's a you have to be a really like an open-minded and out-of-the-box parent. And if you are that parent, then oh my God, congratulations. If let's say a child uh, behaves in a way at school or stands up for their opinion or calls BS on a, on a teacher, not in, in an ugly and disrespectful way, but just really like voicing their opinion on one, why something might not make sense, right? Or doesn't... Or, or just is not afraid to stand out and to be different. And suddenly you get a call uh, from the teacher being, well, your son was disrespectful because he's telling me that what I'm teaching doesn't make sense. And how many parents would, would go, high five, kiddo, good for you. You're a critical thinker. You're going to get somewhere in life, right? You're going to be mostly like, your teacher is complaining. What are you doing? Can't you just like go along with it just don't say anything just you know just forget about it right how many parents do that so even if that critical thinking or that or, or just really being authentic uh, as children is is shown then we kind of just shut it all down we just ask them, just be like the other people. Just don't make trouble. Just do anything. Always make sure that you say thank you. 
or send that thank you card. Oh, oh, you know what? This is not nice. If you say that to your aunt, you're going to hurt her feelings. And the child is like, well, all I said was truth. So you're asking me to basically lie and not to express my opinion because I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. And I'm not saying teach your kids to be to be rude, you know, like, and, and just, because sometimes some things don't need to be said, right? But as children, they will say those things not because they they want to be rude and impolite, but, but because they made an observation and they just want to be authentic and express it, right? And then we just kind of shut it all down. So this is kind of what, what happens. Um, another situation, um, why we might want to be people pleasers and um, in childhood is when we constantly had to walk on shelves around one parent or another. Um, there aren't that many people, well, back again in my reality, back from my childhood, I didn't really know many people who could self-regulate and really take responsibility for their feelings instead of blaming others or children for because the child did something wrong and then now I'm super angry so I'm going to take it out on you on the child right you you're the guilty one so there aren't many people who can say yes that pissed me off but I am not going to blame it on you I'm going to take responsibility for my anger because somebody made a mistake and, and it's and it's and I got angry but that anger is my problem and not your problem that I reacted that way so basically if you live in a household where a child or a parent would be that explosive parent that you didn't there was no predictability as far as their behavior goes right it was very um like you never knew what to expect you never knew if that person was in a good mood or a bad mood coming back from work and that sometimes that wasn't even your fault, but you already were getting um, that kind of sense that something's wrong. And then so what you're going to be trying to do is take the responsibility on you and fix that situation or make that person feel better by making choices that you know would make them feel better. So you're like that pacifier kind of, you're in that role of a parent really, you take on the role of, of a parent and, um, and it's a huge responsibility to make somebody else happy. Now what happens then, let's just talk, like fast forward to your adulthood and you're in a relationship and you know the thing is that subconsciously we run away from people or like if, if our childhood wasn't perfect, whatever it is that wasn't perfect, we subconsciously want to run away from it, distance ourselves, ourselves from it and create something on the better side, right? Some create something opposite. Now, what really is going to happen, you will go into a relationship and doesn't matter how pretty it looks at first, all those wounds and programming will start coming out. And the people pleasing, let's say wound or programming, will come out sooner or later. And how is it going to show yourself, show itself in the in a relationship? Well, first of all, you're going to start over committing. And 
overachieving, being that perfectionist. Because your subconscious mind is telling you that if you do everything perfectly, if you set a high standard for your you know for the way that you keep your household together for the way you raise your kids let's say your kids always get a healthy meal they always uh, make sure that you they always um, um, get a bath at night and the story time right and all that like everything you have that image of perfection and then also you take care of your partner's needs such as meals, I don't know, maybe I'll fix lunch for him, and just everything is going to be like that, perfect, right? Then if you keep it up, then what you're going to be avoiding is any kind of criticism or complaint from the other person, or so you think. So now you're overexerting yourself you are sacrificing yourself you're making sure that everything is perfect tip-top running like is like a well oiled machine yet what happens is it doesn't get noticed it gets taken for granted from the other person right because you set your standard high and that is the norm so now your partner doesn't say thank you or maybe he doesn't appreciate, he doesn't chip in, he, he doesn't contribute to the household chores, he would rather sit and drink beer, watch Netflix, than spend time with, you or, with your kids. And suddenly it's like, okay, what is going on? Because all I'm doing is I'm sacrificing myself and doing everything that your life is perfect. So this is something that an overachiever or a perfectionist or people pleaser person would do and it's great until it isn't because what happens is that you're starting to build that resentment toward people because you think that whatever you're doing is demanded where really in reality you set that high standard. You set the rhythm for your relationship nobody else did it for you and now your partner is kind of reflecting and pushing and showing you all those people pleaser wounds and the programming and you're like what like i have been exerting myself and doing all that for you i don't even get a thank you you don't even help me i don't even know i don't ever take care of myself and my own needs and that's what i get well, yes, that's what you get because this is your protection mechanism so that you, you put that in place so that nobody has a, a chance or an opportunity to criticize you, right? Because you might be not doing something and you could be doing it. And along the way, you totally forget about your own needs and who asked you to do that? I know it's hard truth. Guys, I have... I've been in that situation for a long time. I speak from my own experience. When I, when I start waking up, I was waking up to a harsh truth about myself and realizing that nobody was doing this for me but myself. I was setting those standards. I had the vision for what I needed to do and how I needed to show up in my relationship because I knew that if I do that, 
then then I would be praised, for, well, I was wrong, <laughs> that I would be praised and glorified for it. And at least I wouldn't get that criticism back and that and that, that negative feedback that I'm doing something wrong, right? Because the people pleaser uh, tendencies are, are so that you can stop that and it's tracked so it doesn't come up. It's like a mechanism, like a protection mechanism, right? Like a damage control kind of. And... Uh, and so, yeah, but what happens along the way, you get so resentful, you get so tired of it, you, your mental, emotional, and physical state goes down. You go to the state of total depletion. And suddenly you wake up and you're like, well, I don't really know who I am anymore. I don't take care of myself. I don't, I don't really know where to go from here because everything I thought that was going to work is kind of collapsing, right? And this is exactly the time where we need to take care of, like, take a, take a deep look on our wounds and see, okay, where can I correct? And by the way, let me just say, and I was going to say this when I tuned in and then I totally forgot. I am organizing a three-day workshop training that is going to take place in July, and I will link, put a link to it underneath. I am going to be walking th you through all different exercises and questions to help you answer what needs to change and what you can, what you do have control over that you can change inside of you so that your relationship can follow and change and improve as well. And I call this event Awaken the Power Within because if you listen to my episodes before, I was talking about how we leak our power and how we give our power away. And this is the event where I want to show you and illuminate the way and put together a blueprint for you of healing your relationship. So you'll know start to finish how I've done it, what steps I took, and you're going to have like a nice roadmap of healing your relationship. And no, you do not need your partner's participation to do that. You do not. I speak to women, well, mostly women. If there is guys listening to me, great. Awesome, because it applies to everyone, really. It's not like women are different that way from the, the makeup of our energy, right? Uh, but mostly it's women that I attract that resonate with what I have to say. Uh, so yes, guys, yeah, I'm, guys, yes, ladies, you can do it without your partner's participation. Uh, so I'm inviting you. I'm going to put the link below. You do need to register to get to reserve your seat. And if you can't join me live, there will be recordings, but you still need to register to get the recordings. So, uh, so that's how it works. And and I hope to see you there. We're it's going to be an interactive event uh, and workshop where you can ask questions and i'm going to be answering and i'm so excited to to be hosting this yay three days awesome okay um so coming back to to people pleaser wh what else what else is happening when we bring those people pleasing tendencies as a baggage into our relationship well what happens also is that we're unable to be authentic. We're unable to speak openly about our emotions, about our needs. And, you know, the funny thing is, 
the really ironic thing is that this is exactly what we complain about being like okay my needs are never met nobody takes care of my needs i always just do and you know i take care of his needs but he doesn't take care of mine he never asks me what i want or what i need and guess what the ironic part is that really it's something that you set up that you laid out that lack of openness and courage to express your emotions opinions your wants your needs holding it all back it is not your partner's fault but yet the ironic thing is that when your partner doesn't open up for a conversation we're like well i don't know what he thinks he never talks to me openly and he's never uh, willing to have like an honest conversation he never shares his feelings with me we complain about something that we are unable to do ourselves. This is the whole irony of it. And then so what happens, we're starting to drift apart. The connection is kind of hindered. We, we, don't, we don't have that honest connection because if I'm not authentic with myself, there is not going to be that authentic and safe space for the other person to be honest with me. It's just, it's just not going to happen. If I'm holding things back, if, he, if my partner is asking me, hey, where would you like to go for dinner? Uh, go out and to a restaurant or a diner or whatnot. And you're like, well, I don't know. Just you pick whatever's better for you. Or, or you pick a restaurant that you know has his favorite dish, yet you, there is another restaurant that you really like and would rather go to, but you pick what is better for him you kind of like sacrifice yourself right so if somebody's asking you where you would rather go and you make that decision from another totally different point of view to to please that other person well where's that authenticity like it's just not there right it's just it's just all really like almost like playing games and you might be arguing your point and going well i just wanted to make him happy great that's awesome and it works up to the point where you start getting resentful because nobody's making you happy. And the cold truth is that nobody is coming to save you and to make you happy. And as much as your husband probably or a partner might be trying at some point, you're probably rejecting it because it's very uncomfortable to you. Your ego is telling you, okay, no, 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 that's not how we operate. You need to go to that safe space when you do everything for other people and it's not even within the relationship right like you might be that person who is being pulled in all different directions because suddenly um because well not so suddenly but you you've taught people that would whenever they ask you you will never say no you'll always either rearrange your plans or um or maybe lend money or just go always and help and you're you're going to be always there and it's that that boundary kind of like yes i can do things for you but it has to be on my terms so if it really doesn't work for me i'm going to tell you that no i can't do it and sometimes just notice how you do that okay just for just just humor me because a lot of times people pleasers what they will do is as far as setting boundaries, if somebody's asking them, 
um, there'll be no because I have this going on and I have to be here and then there is that five minute speech going on why you can't do something but you know I can do it tomorrow maybe this will work and you just pouring out that guilt because you have something else going on and you really can't do it and you're just explaining yourself for the next five ten minutes well what if you were just to say you know what I'm sorry I can't do it but I will think if there is another time that I actually can period oh that feels uncomfortable does it be like well no because they're going to think that i'm selfish see this is another protection mechanism that, that we do things that we think that our subconscious has trained us to consider as getting love or maybe attention is considered as that getting love being accepted not being rejected this is a mechanism that will be playing out we'll do everything to be accepted to be to feel like we're loved and we mistaken we mistake being loved for being accepted or not being rejected if i'm not rejected i'm accepted and if i'm accepted i'm loved right so there's all that mechanisms going on where truth in reality is that if you do have strong and healthy boundaries, then people actually respect and like you more. This is again something that I teach inside my program, Healing Relationship Blueprint. We break it all down and we go into every single step and we kind of reprogram your subconscious mind so that it works for you and not against you. And we, all that programming that happened in childhood, all that wounding needs to be healed and the programming needs to be kind of disassembled and redone it's almost like putting a new operating system inside of you that actually helps you function in the society uh, and helps you function inside your relationship it's a beautiful process that that takes place um yeah so so putting it all together i would what I would do, the exercise that you can do is write it all out. I always suggest have a journal with you and kind of see, okay, I'm making decisions so that I can make other people happy. And just finish the sentence, because I fear what? Or because what would happen if I didn't? It always comes back and you will, if you follow that kind of, sentence and the journaling um, prompts when you catch yourself doing that you will come back and land on that core issue on that root of your problem where it stems from and you'll be able to um to, to at least have clarity where you stand there are usually those feelings of either fear of being rejected or a fear of being uh, perceived as selfish or uh, fear of maybe ending up single because suddenly somebody might reject you to the point that they'll be okay i'm done i'm leaving which most of the time will not happen it's it's a fear that we're talking about um or a fear of just being perceived or, or as inconsiderate and um so dick a little bit and see where you land see where it takes you and see how you react to that fear also what it does what it does to your body 
and try to stay present in it and with it. And, um, and I promise you, what I promise you, because I've seen it happen, I mean, I am, I am the proof in all the women that I've helped so far, that what happens is that if you pay attention to your own needs, if you come to the point where your self-love is strong enough to be like, okay, me too. I'm not saying you first and them last. It's just like me too. I want my needs to be taken care of too. And you can do that. You can do it yourself because we're not demanding that of your partner, right? We're not trying to change your partner to be fitting into where you need that healing, right? That's not what we're doing. We are taking charge and we're taking responsibility for our own state and for our own healing. But when you do that, when you get to that point of self-love where you can actually set those boundaries and make decisions that are good for you and not just to other people, then you'll start finding yourself. Being in that place of being lost and not knowing who you are, not knowing what your dreams are, your desires, what are you even here for? You're just depleted, right? You just feel like you're that servant that is at everybody's beck and call. And, and where are you, right? So we need to reel that back a little bit in so that you can feel like, like you're alive. You can feel like you belong. You can feel like you love yourself and your life and like you have motivation to live. Like you know who you are. You on the inside value that person with all the pieces. With all the pieces meaning acknowledging and accepting all the pieces of you. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything. That's the key too, but I think that's a topic for a completely different episode. So thank you so much for tuning in with me. Uh, I hope I gave you some uh, food for thought and um, and a starting point. And I do hope that I get to see you and meet you at my event that's happening um, in early in July. I will post the link again to it so you can register underneath in show notes. Thank you so much.